This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. Megan, I have such exciting news. The award-winning podcast, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, is back with an all-new season. This time, you'll hear stories narrated by incredible women from the worlds of art, music, business, and sports about amazing immigrant women from all over the planet that have helped change the world in so many ways. I know! Ella and I love to listen, and this season we've been hearing stories about women, including Carmen Miranda, an acclaimed dancer and movie star from Brazil, Teresa Lee, an activist working to bring dreamers out of the shadows, and Noor Inayat Khan, a princess who became a spy. I love that you listen with Ella, and you know what? I listen with Oliver, too. Research shows that only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition. The Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is an amazing resource for parents of children of any gender to inspire, educate, and instill confidence in all little rebels everywhere. The new season started on September 15th. Catch up now with your little rebel. You can find the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls award-winning educational podcast on your favorite podcast player. I'm just going to put stuff in the air fryer and in the oven 
and call it a day because I think that could feel fun and also low effort. And then I would actually like get to hang out with my people who I kind of miss even though I'm around them all the time. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I am Stacy. This week's episode is a perennial favorite. It's what we're cooking and eating right now. This very strange winter (laughs) holiday season 2020. But guys, hey, before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening. And if you find yourself with an extra minute, you know, leave a rating or maybe give us a review. It is the holiday season. It would be the best gift for us. (laughs) Those ratings really do help other busy home cooks discover us. And we want to spread the love. All right. Megan, everybody loves this episode. We try to do one every season, so like for a year. Yeah, quarterly-ish. It's been a minute, though, because I think we did, we haven't done one since like back to school. Is that true? Well, that's kind of fallish. It's like late summer. Yeah. We missed the deep fall. We did, but I think a lot of us were just struggle busing through the deep yeah. fall. Deep I fall mean, was also like are election we struggle time. Busing? No, not <laughs> even a little bit, but maybe it was different intensity then? I'm not going to say it was less intense or more intense. It was just a different intensity. Well, listen, girl, we had the election. The election. That's behind us. Like, regardless of like how invested you were in the outcome one way or another, that was like a big thing on top of the pandemic. Also, there wasn't talk of vaccines, and now there is. I think that, you know, wherever you fall, whether you're going to take it or not take it or think it's safe or not safe, like, it's a step. Yes. It's something different. It feels like the tiniest, like a Christmas light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It's a little different. But does all of that impact the way you eat? Like, are you finding yourself eating differently? I mean, forget about ingredients and dishes. Like, we'll get to that in a second. But, like, emotionally, are you eating more differently? Yeah, I am finding myself, especially, like, now in December, I'm finding myself so all over the place. (laughs) Like, I'm very apathetic about dinner. In fact, one week I delegated dinner planning and cooking to my brother, which was, like, a real... Well, explain old... how old your brother is. <laughs> okay, my brother is 32. He has lived with us since March, since his... He, he's a college student. He's getting his architecture degree from Cal Poly, and we're, like, so proud of him. He's taken the long and winding road of for college because he hasn't wanted to take on any debt, and he's done all these, like, I don't want to say tricks, but, like, he lives in a lived in a bus prior to living with us that he, like, drove onto campus, and he, like, took showers in the gyms and, and all that stuff. So when the school closed, like the campus closed, he was basically like, I can't, I can't go anywhere safely. And so he came for what he thought was going to be like an extended spring break. And now we're on month nine. (laughs) He's basically like a young single dude. He is a, I mean, is 32 young? I'm not trying Uh, (laughs) trying to blow up his spot, but it's not like He's a 21-year-old, but he likes to cook. He has, like, an interest in food. Many moons ago, like, when he lived with us the first time when we were just newly married and getting ready to have Ella, when we lived in Atlanta, I had put together, like, a little three-ring binder of recipes for him. And that, like, he's cooked from that for, like, 10 years now. (laughs) That's really cute. But having him cook dinner was, like, a real lesson in 
how controlling I am. It was very revealing. <laughs> That's not what I, was I like, thought oh. you were going to say. Really? I was, yeah, I, like, I thought you just, were going to say it was a real lesson in. I thought you were going to say something about him, honestly. So you're you're very enlightened. I like how you were. You're just going to focus your feelings on yourself. Yeah, I really no, like I that. mean because that's the thing, right? If you zoom out on it, it's not about him. He planned meals, like things he was excited to eat, and he also took into consideration and asked questions about like what the kids would eat. He's like, if I do fajitas, like, will they eat that? Or should I plan to have like quesadillas as a backup? You know, very, he's like very aware of what goes into meal planning for our family. There were definitely some days where I had to be like, bro, it's 540 and you planned crunch wraps for dinner tonight. Like maybe you should get started. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say that, but I definitely had to do reminders. But that, that kind of stuff where I was like, if I was doing it, I would do it this way. But okay, I so chose not to say that because I felt like, isn't that supposed to be the thing? Is like, it's supposed to be 100% off my plate. Right. Okay. So, yes. But I do think that you're picking up on an interesting pain point for a lot of home cooks who aren't cooking constantly like us. Because I'm finding the same thing with Mike, who cooks once a week. And is actually talking about upping it to twice a week. Amazing. Crazy. But it's really like time management is yes. a thing. Yes. Like time management going into cooking where like he just starts too late and he's really underestimating how long prep and cooking is going to take him. And then also kind of. I don't know exactly what's happening while he's cooking because I'm upstairs working, but there is definitely some like time management issue happening. And when I come downstairs on a lot of nights that he's cooked, the kitchen's a freaking disaster (laughs) and he's very frazzled because he's just been like, he feels like he's been under fire for 35, 40 minutes. And I'm like, it really doesn't have to feel that way. But I maybe over the holiday, like he and I will like do some cooking side by side. I think that also stresses him out, too, though, because like you, it's not just that we're control freaks. It's that also like so much of it is automatic to me. I remember when I was in graduate school, we used to say this thing because it was a graduate school of education. So around teaching that experts are actually often really, really bad at breaking down steps in a way that empower learners to learn effectively. Because so many of the little steps and little things that are automatic for us are really important to make explicit to new learners. Yeah. Maybe we should quit doing Didn't I Just Feed You because we're too high level experts. Can we really break it down? Listen, Biatch, we do. We break it down. I think that we do a really good job here. I think that there's something about talking about it, preparing our little script docs, which is really just like an outline because we like to just have a conversation. But I think we kind of check each other because any detail that like I feel like you miss or like the way I think about it, you know, we counterbalance each other. Talking kind of slows me down. Right. Believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, you guys. It's really true. It's true. Like, I'm super fast in the kitchen. So I know for sure that I would not be as effective in this job, in this role at Didn't I Just Feed You, without you on the other line. Right. If that makes sense. We need each other. We need each other. But yes, there is something to be learned to like have someone else cook in your kitchen and even cook things that you cook on a regular basis. Like 
okay, wow, I thought that was very clear that you should do X step first, yes. even if it's not following one of my recipes, which is off, which it's often not with my brother or Brian cooking. I'm like, oh, wow. Also, can I share like a really just a kind of funny and cute story from this morning yes. about my husband cooking? I make Dutch babies on the regular. I probably make it look like very easy because I have the recipe memorized and I have like a whole little system where I like put the cast iron pan in to preheat and like put the batter together and then I walk away and like get myself ready and then come back and put the batter in the pan. Anyways, this morning I had one of those mornings where I woke up in my anxiety a little overwhelmed. So I was like, I need to snooze for just a little bit. But Emmett wants a Dutch baby. Can I send you the recipe? And Brian's like, yeah, sure. I'm I just assumed that he had seen me make it a thousand times in our life together that he kind of like knew what he was doing. Oh my goodness. He got so many <laughs> of the steps wrong. And, you know, you put a little butter in the Dutch oven after yeah. it preheats just before you put the batter. And he came into the room in a panic. He's like, I put the butter in the batter. So, like, <laughs> do, I, do I just start over? Like, what do I do here? And I was like, I wouldn't because it's like Emmett can basically eat a whole Dutch baby to himself and you can just make another one for everyone else afterwards. But, like, it definitely was the flattest Dutch baby I've ever witnessed <laughs> History of all time, of all time, still tasted decent, but, but it he was did it. flat AF. He did it, but it was just a funny thing where I was like, "Damn, dude, you've watched me. You've watched me so many times make it." Watching means nothing. It really, it really, it's true. It's very true. Unless it's something that you're super interested in, right? But it's yeah. kind of like having you been driven someplace a million times, and then the first time you had to you're drive like, yourself oh, there, you're I like, think "Where I know are how I? To get there, Hell but like, am I?" Not really. I'm definitely going to turn on maps. But I never answered your question about how I feel like what yeah. I feel like cooking is like right now, which is other than to say that I feel sort of like apathetic about regular family meals and very inspired to cook and bake like holiday stuff instead, which is not really helpful. Doesn't really like feed us Monday through Thursday kind of thing. What about you? What is it seems on point. Like that seems right for the season. Does it? It does actually. So I don't know. I'm in a really strange place because I don't feel like making holiday stuff. I mean, I do in theory, but I like weird. I've been having like weird stomach problems for the last month. And actually, okay. so is Oliver. And I, I'm not like ready to process what's going on. I'm just going to assume that it's, Stress. you know, to be... I mean, like for me, I don't know that it's stress for him. I like he's been eating like a lot more junk food. I've been mm. so much more lenient than I've ever been with the boys in the last few months. And actually, Isaac has had some stomach problems, too. And I noticed like once I tuned in, I was like, I'm not eating nearly as many vegetables. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't work for my system. Right. It just doesn't work. Like, I just have stomach aches. Like, sorry, everybody. Like, You're not TMI. as my, regularly. Yeah, <laughs> I am not. And it became a problem about a week and a half ago. I mean, to the point where I was like, I need to eat prunes. And then if that doesn't work, I need to go get something. I, yeah. That never happens to me. So I have been really, like, two things have come together and will kind of explain what I've been cooking and eating these days. One is that I'm just trying to, like, recalibrate to my normal balance. So trying to eat a lot more vegetables. I'm trying to, like, stabilize breakfast. I typically do either, like, a lower sugar smoothie 
or egg, protein, or oatmeal. Okay. Like those are my three go-tos. So like just trying to get those back in rotation reliably, trying to only have one cup of coffee a day, trying to like not eat as many carbs. Everybody's heard me say it, but like it just kind of wrecks me. I mean, I have like a big piece of toast and then some other carby heavy thing in the middle of the afternoon and then I'm exhausted. And then when I'm exhausted, I make different food choices at night and I just feel crappy the whole day. So that is converging with the fact that I feel like it's a very busy time of year. And I just want to pick recipes that are like super quick, super simple, and that I know like the back of my hand. Not necessarily memorized, but I've made a million times. And once I look at them and I'm like, oh, yeah, like there's a a high degree of muscle memory to them for me. Put it on autopilot. Yeah. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. What are the meals that everyone loves? Kendra, the lazy genius, she calls them brainless crowd pleasers, like doesn't require any thinking from you and everyone loves them. Totally. So are you eating a lot of hot dogs, Phyllis? (laughs) We haven't had a single hot dog. (laughs) Definitely some sausage, though. I love like cooking beans in all different ways. On my Instagram, I have a Kirby beans that I eat like on a piece of sourdough Mm. at night. Or honestly, since our conversation about braising, I've been braising beans while sausage is just roasting. But no, also I've been eating a lot of... I have a recipe in my first cookbook, Make It Easy, for, I call it Thai style, just because I use a couple of Thai ingredients to flavor the turkey burger. And then I top it with quick pickled carrots. That is one of my autopilot, like, crowd pleasers. Those are, like, two things. I want to jump off burgers because... You, I think I've talked about this before that Ella, anytime you ask her, like, what do you want to eat this week? Or like, hey, is there something special you'd like for your birthday or for this, whatever? She always says burgers. And so we've moved recently from doing like pizza Friday as a ritual to doing burgers on Sunday. And sometimes we're eating burgers out, which is nice because we get to like try out local places and just do takeout. And that feels like, you know, supporting our local economy. But also it's kind of pushed me to make burgers that are not just like the classic, you know, shredded lettuce, tomato and cheddar cheese. So that has been really fun. And one of the things that we're also doing to like autopilot one meal a week. Okay. So I already mentioned turkey burgers. That's poultry. So do you guys know where I'm going to go next? Yes, we do. Chicken lady. Chicken lady. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's actually very funny because When you have this idea about why you want to write a cookbook, it's just that. It's an idea, and then you start developing the recipes, and you get excited, and it just, like, goes. It's a project that takes off and takes shape. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do this cookbook was because I felt like it could be a problem solver. I feel like you can just grab chicken. You probably already do, even if you don't have a plan. And then, you know, when it's time to cook, you pull it out and you're like, oh, what can I make? And there's something in there that you know you'll love. And that's exactly how I have been using it. So, you know, haven't been making a plan every single week, grabbing either chicken thighs or chicken breasts that I then fillet. And I've been making sheep pan fajitas a lot. Sheep pan chicken shawarma, which apparently is the most popular recipe in the book. That's I know. The one I feel like I see everybody. it all the time in yeah. our listeners group and like on Instagram. Everyone's making it. And my favorite is actually chicken salt and boca. It's so easy and delicious. And it's basically like dredging cutlets in flour 
and then putting a piece like a sage leaf, a tiny little pile of Parmesan and a piece of prosciutto and then just cooking it. And since it's a cutlet and it's thin cut, it cooks really quick. Take it out of the pan and then you make a quick like white wine lemon butter sauce and it's ridiculous. And actually, as I'm describing it, I crave it. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, I want it right now. Also, I think our editor, Samantha, made it recently. Like I saw it in her stories and I was like, I think that's a winner, winner chicken dinner recipe. I'm one of the things I love about these episodes is like now I just put that in my on my meal plan for next week. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Help it's me really plan. good. Like my kids love like lemon stuff. Chicken's easy. If your kid doesn't like prosciutto, like I actually made it with pancetta the other day because that's what I had left over from Thanksgiving and I didn't want to like waste it and then buy prosciutto. Pancetta is a little bit more like bacon, which is not Oliver's favorite, shockingly. <laughs> but you know, he just like picks it off. Like you can just yeah. pick that off or you can pick the sage leaf off and move it aside. So It's a really easy one to deconstruct so that everybody in the family is happy with it. Yes. Another cookbook that I have recently pulled out and have just been cooking from is, I wonder if it's going to be controversial. I'm so curious. Maybe no one cares anymore. It's All Good by Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. It's actually by Julia Tertian. Let's be honest. Yeah. She co-wrote it, but Julia's the magic here. It's one of my favorite cookbooks. Wait, why do you think this is going to be controversial? Because we had a whole shady episode of, about Goose. She's What's so up with annoying. I've missed, is she controversial again? I mean, no, she's always a little she bit always, problematic. She's so okay. annoying. I mean, she's pretty hilarious. I watched an old Saturday Night Live clip with the boys recently and she came on and she was making fun of Goop and it was actually really funny. Like, I appreciate that she can make fun of herself. But this kind of like a higher awareness, except not really because you're so crazy rich, grew up wealthy, and you're still at the end of the day selling stuff at the highest premium. I don't know. Maybe because I looked at the Goop gift guide recently. I'm like, oh my (laughs) God, this is so insane. I do. I look at it every year. It's like the thing I do to release, like to valve some like weird aggression that I have. Like it makes me mad. And then I kind of want everything on it too. And then I, I like hate that. And I'm like, this is so absurd and ridiculous. Anyway, so it's all good. It's actually one of my favorite cookbooks. (laughs) The recipes are so simple. I hate using the word clean the way the food industry has used it. Yeah. When I use the word clean, I just mean like simple, like meat, vegetables, herbs, spices, like olive oil, just like very simple and so good. There is a beet salad in there that is one of my favorites. There's another avocado and beet salad I love. There's like a great simple, simple fish taco. And every time I eat from it, it's really delicious. And I just feel like lighter and more energetic. Okay. Well, I'm excited about that. I've never even looked at it. Now I'm like, can I rent it from the library? Oh yeah. Yeah. I want you to get it and to like report back. Okay. I will. Please don't look at the desserts though. Please don't. Okay. The Why? desserts don't are upset? ridiculous. Yeah. You're like, give okay. me a break. That's not freaking dessert. <laughs> oh my God. Listen to this. What? Bummer bars. Quinoa flakes, flaxseed, cinnamon, nope. nutmeg, it's ginger, for me. maple it's syrup, brown rice syrup, prunes, and walnuts. That is, that's in the dessert. 
category <laughs> chapter. I would let that slide as a snack bar for sure. But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But not dessert. Yeah. Especially oh, I like want right to go now. off now. But for another recipe. For an- I mean, another. For another. Also, we have a whole episode where we talk about <laughs> goop and how our like love hate relationship with it. So it's from two years, two years ago. Maybe three. Maybe three. Have we been doing it this long? It's really good. Or maybe you'll hate us after you listen to it. Either way, click on the link in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. I want to hear what you're eating now, Megan. But before we get into that, and I think we should also talk about what we're planning on cooking and eating for the end of the year. We both happen to celebrate Christmas, New Year's coming up. So let's talk about that too. But first, we have a quick reminder for you guys. Wait, stop the music. We have one more thing to say. We always have one more thing to say. (laughs) We know that we always encourage you guys to follow us on social. But we're taking a beat to let you know that it is not just about collecting follows. Engaging with you is a huge part of what's important to us. That's where Insta and our listeners group come in. When you see us on social, it's really us, you guys. No social media managers. Just me and Megan answering questions, listening to suggestions, and hanging out with you. It's our absolute favorite part of Didn't I Just Feed You, and we really want to see you there. We're at Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and also on Facebook. Though don't forget, you're not just following our main Facebook page, but clicking through to the listeners group. The password to join us is Whiskey. We can't wait to see you there. So, Megan, I forgot to mention one thing, though. For Hanukkah this year, I was very, I've been like overwhelmed, time management, also healthy foods. I was just talking about that. But I never, ever, ever failed to make latkes. And if you, I mean, Hanukkah's already passed, but make latkes anyway. My favorite, favorite recipe, and I've made so many over the years, is on my site. Okay. You have to share it with us. I love latkes as a New Year's Eve treat, too. Ooh, like yummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creme fraiche and caviar if you want to get real fancy. Um, or even smoked salmon. So, yeah, make them all year round. And actually, my BFF, Patty, she wrote once about how testing out, like, four or five different recipes for latkes saved her cast iron skillet. Like, it was starting to lose its cure. And she tested all these recipes in it, and then it saved it. Latkes saved the day. I just, I always love that story. Latkes do save the day. They really do. They really do. I feel like we should put like a caveat on these, what we're cooking and eating now, that they can also include what we're drinking now. Because as some of you who follow me on Instagram know, we've been really into cocktails this fall and winter. And we can't stop drinking paper planes. And I feel like it's one of those weird, like, you've been making them. My friend Amanda has been making them. So many people have tagged me in making paper planes. And, like, we can't stop, won't stop drinking and making them. They're so good. The braising episode, it really inspired me. I mean, we also did a whole braising package on Kitchen, too, including a rollover dinner that I wrote about where you make, like, um, this Dutch oven pot roast, which is like very classic pot roast, although you use a shortcut of like the Lipton's French onion dip and soup starter to season the pot roast. And then you get this like sort of caramelized onion flavor out of it and those soft potatoes and carrots, which I just love. And then you turn the leftovers into this um, farro beef and mushroom soup that 
surprisingly, my kids have been really into. Like, I don't think of my kids as liking mushrooms, but I guess when you put like sort of chewy farro and beef in there, they're down for that. And then the cider breeze squash recipe that you shared on our show notes, I cannot stop making that. You can use any kind of squash. We so butternut. good, right? Yeah. I've used acorn squash. We've used like a little bit different variations on the cider that we're using and also the vinegar that we're using. I recently got sent samples from this company called Vinegar League. The Vinegar League. We'll link to it in show notes. But basically, they make these like really flavorful small batch vinegars that are so, so good for finishing those sort of like long cooked braised dishes and also for making like last minute salad dressings for like winter greens or I love to finish braised greens or or like cooked collards with vinegar. And those have been really fun. I don't we've also been doing like a lot of very basic sheet pan meals. The the sheep it's funny that you mentioned sheet pan fajitas because my brother reminded me of how great those were when he cooked for us one week. And so we've also been doing a lot of just like chicken on sheet pans, but Spiceology is a company that the this duo from the Food Network, the Grill Dads introduced me to, and they have a spice blend with, or set of spice blends with Spiceology. And one of them, I swear, it tastes like sour cream and onion chips, or maybe like sour cream and onion plus salt and vinegar chips. Woo, that sounds delish. Or if you've been in the South, it tastes like white sauce. So you like take chicken and like, we just do thighs or breasts, depending on who's eating that night. And we toss them with this I cannot remember the name of the spice blend, so we'll have to link to it. I think it's just like their white vinegar spice blend. Toss the chicken and potatoes with that spice blend and throw it in the oven and like maybe have a salad or let's be honest, a salad kit on the side. (laughs) And dinner is done. It's like autopilot, no brainer. And then I've been making a lot of cookies, like sugar cookies for us to decorate, but also because I've been so, as you guys know, because I feel like I've talked about it so much, like on Instagram and in our listeners group, uh, talking about sprinkles. I've even talked about them on an, an Instagram live that we did, but like Fancy Sprinkles, the company, they're always sharing these really cool meringue popsicles. So basically you make a meringue cookie base And then you squeeze it either like into a kind of a lollipop round or like a tree shape over a popsicle stick or like a lollipop stick and bake them in the oven because they bake at a really low temperature. You don't have to worry about the stick burning or anything. And you can put the fancy sprinkles on top or whatever sprinkles you like or chocolate chips. And they're just like really cute and really, I think they're really easy. You're just whipping egg whites and sugar and then like putting them in a low oven and they're pretty hands off. And we're doing a bunch of those for neighbor gifts this year, too. I think we just shared on our Instagram that our friend Andrea Mathis made hot cocoa bombs. I've been seeing them everywhere on Instagram. They're so fun. They're so cute. But do you know the molds? They're really basic, like, round silicone molds that you can use for for everything from, like, making fancy ice or, like, a, a lot of times they get used for making chocolate treats. You could bake in them. Pastry chefs use them a lot. They're sold out freaking everywhere. And I even paid for like expedited shipping from Amazon. And I just have to tell you, you know this already, that I have a strong opinion about hot cocoa and whether it's worth it or not. They are so freaking hard to make as a pastry person. I'm like, this is way more effort than it's worth. And then it is not even that good. (laughs) It is literally just like basic hot cocoa. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I don't want to yuck on anyone's yum. I know it's really like for some people, it's been really fun. I'm not here for it. I think that they're genius. And I have to tell you that I completely believe you that they are basic and not that great at the end of the day. But sometimes I don't like real hot chocolate. Like the real, like when you whisk the chocolate in. Like if you go to a chocolatier and they make you. It's too much. It's kind of like sludgy. It's too much. Which is why I really stand behind. It makes me proud that you are my partner (laughs) in crime. Every time you talk about buying chocolate milk and heating it up because that is absolutely the best solution. It's just really easy. Although I can be talked into like enhancing that with a little chocolate syrup if you wanted to. Yeah. I just think that I thought it was really funny that I, as a pastry person, I was like, this will be so easy. And then I was like, this is a huge pain. in. (laughs) If someone gave them to me as a gift, I'd be really excited, but I'm no one in my life is getting them as gifts. Cause I just, who has the, I guess people have the time for that right now. I don't have the time for that. Talk to us about what you are going to make for your holiday meal. I know. I'm like really nervous because basically this episode will air the Monday before Christmas and I have nothing planned. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, I it just doesn't think... feel like it's a, it requires planning. It feels like another family meal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, to me, part of the planning is about who's coming and what does everyone like and balancing it all out. And then also like making sure that you order stuff ahead of time because everybody's ordering food at the same time. Right. And if you're going to need enough to feed 10 or 12 people, you know, you need to know ahead of time. But like, I'm just going to buy better stuff, but like a meal for four. Yeah. Can we talk about this meme that went around for a minute and people were really up in arms about it where it was like moms like spend so much time planning for for holidays or birthday parties and then they like don't even get to enjoy it. I can't remember what the exact meme was, but it was like very funny and very real for me. And I, I think I'm like hyper aware of it right now because I'm like kind of working all the time. And Ella's really pointed out to me, she's like, you know, I thought we're home because it's a pandemic and like that you would have more time and attention to give me. And that's like not really the case. And she's kind of disappointed. But I think about that, like, I always work so hard to make our holidays special. Like even Thanksgiving, I fried a bunch of chicken and like that took all freaking day to do it. And then everyone sits down for like 20 minutes at the most. And then it all turns to And so maybe for Christmas, I'm going to do just like a frozen food smorgasbord. I'm just going to put stuff in the air fryer Girl, and in the oven. It. I'm here for that. call it a day because I think that could feel fun and also low effort. And then I would actually like get to hang out with my people who I kind of miss even though I'm around them all the time. So it's very funny because I'm hoping, I wonder if I'm deluding myself. We should do like a before and after. Right. <laughs> The combination of it not, like, me not entertaining, which I do every Christmas, and not having to go somewhere else on Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? I've had to do less holiday shopping, which I was able to get done faster and earlier than usual. I'm forced to do it all online, which I mostly do anyway, but, like, I would 
put pressure on myself. Like all these things that sound like fun and like you want to do actually become pressure, you know? It's like, oh, and then I can take the kids to see the tree, which I could still do. I don't know if we will this year or not. And also my kids being older, this Christmas, I feel like I'm hoping that it's just, I'm also planning, I know what I'm going to make as my main and it's something that I love to eat every year. Okay, which you also have to tell us as soon as you get. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned it in last year's episode. I'm hoping that this is going to be like a laid back, very enjoyable year. Oh, there's another big factor here. Okay. That I don't, you know what? I don't want to talk about it here because sometimes kids listen with their parents. Oh, yeah. But my kids are, let's just say like my kids are older now. There's less magic making is what you mean. Yeah. And actually, you know, there was a a hard moment around that for me and some other people in my family. But like now it's released and I'm like, oh, this is so much easier. (laughs) I have so much less to do. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Okay. But so what are you going to cook? That's going to be cook the, for I this cook laid back every holiday. year. Okay. Every year I make Kenji Lopez Alt's slow roasted beef tenderloin. It is so delicious. And it's like, like with sous vide, you get an even perfect medium or medium rare, depending on what you want color from the very center of the piece all the way to the edge. Like there is no rim. It is gorgeous. And then you sear the outside. Like once you take it out of the oven, you throw it in a pan with a ton of butter and herbs, like the way you might finish a steak. And you just brown it all the way around. So you get this very thin, crispy outside. And then you cut into the tenderloin slices. And it's perfect. Like from, it's not tip to stem, but you know what I mean. Yes. Like the whole way. End to end. End to end. So I, I mean, it's a crowd pleaser. I love it. It's something I only make once a year. I usually do like a creme fraiche and horseradish, as easy as it sounds. Sometimes lemon, sometimes not. Some salt on the side and then like whatever sides, I don't know, we feel like this year, since my kids are really into mushrooms, since they turned the corner on mushrooms this year, I might make mushrooms on the side. I don't know. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want a frozen fruit <laughs> I want Stacy's, Mia Kenji's. It's beef pretty low key because you keep it longer in the oven at a very low temperature. It's like very, very simple. You just have to do a little Listen, prep. Yeah. So here's the thing about me. I'm not very good at keeping it low key. I think if I if anything has really come to light in this year for me, it's like I am really bad at at being low key. I take on too much. So yeah, we should report back at the end of the year. Like, how do we really how did it really go? How did it really go? We'll probably do that in the listeners group because that's like the easiest place for us Definitely. to drop that update. Well, I hope that we can bring this whole conversation to the listeners group and get some ideas from everyone else, because I think we're all in that like cooking fatigue time of year and looking for ideas. I know I steal so much inspiration from our weekly meal plan thread in that group, too. Oh, the best. So you guys, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter because there you also get an exclusive recipe and our pick of the week every single week. 
You can subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow a link that we keep in our Instagram bio at all times. Speaking of Instagram, you've heard us talk a lot about it today. <laughs> you can find us there and on Facebook as Didn't I Just Feed You. Just keep in mind that the real Facebook fun is happening in our private listeners community. The answer to be let in and our favorite cocktail is whiskey and I'm drinking it neat for the rest of the year. Yeah. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcast so that you don't miss episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Ando. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I am Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week. Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.